Well, hello there. Uh, happy Star Wars Day. This is not a Star Wars episode, but I uh, figured I'd say hello and happy Star Wars Day. Today on the show, I want to talk a little bit about um, physical needs <clears throat> and uh, kind of what's going on with me. In a sense, this is a, a cautionary tale. Let me close my window because I know the birds are already going to be chirping real loud. That's the kind of podcast we have where we just come up with things in the first 10 seconds that we have to fix and just keep it rolling. Um, (laughs) uh, So uh, a few years ago, a a few, um, 2014, I sprained my Achilles tendon and uh, I was playing softball uh, on the weekend and I was going from second to third and I just stumbled. The next morning I couldn't walk but I had to do a job. I was basically desperate for money at the time. And I had to do a job where I had to get up and walk around neighborhoods, like basically putting flyers on people's doorsteps. So I kind of pushed through and I did it anyway. And it was really, really difficult with a sprained Achilles to do that. Now, fast forward to about 2017 when I was leaving my previous life and getting towards this one. Um, I was starting to do uh, Achilles fixing uh, situations with my doctor, or I had found a doctor, and I, I had the boot and all of that stuff, <clears throat> and I was starting to take care of myself, like starting to do that for about six weeks. And then my life basically fell apart and um, you know went towards a, a different direction, and that stopped. Um and I didn't really have the money or the time or, you know, didn't really know how to approach in a new space, like how to go about that again. And then fast forward again to early 2019. Yeah. End of 2018, early 2019, I started to do Uber and Lyft for uh, basically because we were struggling. Like we, you know, money kind of ran out and we needed to, we we're basically living day to day. So I was doing Uber and Lyft for a few hours a day in the morning while Molly was doing, um, she was working at the village bakery here in Rochester, New York. And uh, so I would drop her off like at 6am and I would go to Uber and Lyft for about five hour, five or six hours until she was done around noon or one. And um, for for about two months, two and a half to three months after that, like my back was just killing me uh, between that and our couch, which has been served its purpose for a very cheap couch that we have, but it is not something that has been um, very good for my back either. So I started to really feel this like lower back pain pretty consistently. It was hard to sleep. It was hard to sit for a long time and um, dealing with that. Now I tried to self-treat as I tend to do. <clears throat> and I was recently only figured out that I've been doing all of the wrong things and making it worse. Um, fast forward now to about a week ago, last Wednesday, I was, uh, Molly was here. Our friend, um, our friend was over. We were watching the circle, which is such a ridiculous show. And I decided to just sit down and after about, two minutes of sitting down suddenly i had this pain from like my like lower pelvic 
perineum area and suddenly like it just like snapped not snapped literally but it there was like this this sharp uh kind of feeling and then suddenly it jolted up to my brain and uh, i had to just stand up and i was like what was that like i was freaking out about it uh, internally and um kind of decided to stretch a little bit i was like okay i don't know what that was this is okay let's see if we can just kind of like move jostle things maybe that was just a warning shot (laughs) you know um and then i decided to sit back down and again about after a minute or two i started to feel a tension start to build and a numbness and then suddenly i felt like a jolt again Uh, so I started to stand up and I was just like, what is going on? And really the pain was starting to feel kind of like in my pelvic region, like to the left of my stuff. And it was like a little bit of a, it felt like an, it was like a nerve pain. It was like a pinch. And, um, you know, I've been exploring what all of that is this week and I've figured out that it's most likely pudendal neuralgia, which is basically like a pelvic floor muscle stress and you know it relates to what all of the story i just told about my ankle and my back in that basically i I have a standing desk um i sit a lot uh, for the second half of the day uh, on our crap couch and essentially what's been happening is that i haven't been exercising as much in the last four years as i normally have as well And so I haven't been taking care of myself because I've been so focused on trying to build uh, a business and trying to freelance and trying to make sure that we don't sink that I just haven't taken care of myself. And even before then, I I had kind of a pattern of not taking care of myself physically. Uh, You know, it'll be fine. I can deal with it. I'll deal with things as they come, like that sort of thing. I I just had a habit of pushing it aside. Like I just didn't really think about my self-preservation needs, like my actual physical body. In the Enneagram, there's what are called the instincts. And the three instincts that we humans experience are um, self-preservation, social, or uh, sexual, or known as one-to-one, you know, one-to-one connection. And those are basically ways that we feel safe or ways that we can start to, um, you know, where we kind of focus our attention. And then when you pair that with the passion of the Enneagram type, that becomes your subtype. So for me, I'm a sexual one, like being a one-to-one one. So an Enneagram one, for example, as I've talked about on this podcast, is typically pretty disciplined and stiff. And um, uh, there's a lot of um, controlling your behavior and controlling yourself in one instance or another, right? So me being a one-to-one, a sexual one, uh, uh, my energy tends to be focused towards judgment of other people, whereas self-preservation ones judge themselves a lot. Social ones also just try to be try to be perfect instead of judging others or or judging themselves. They're just kind of being the best socially. Um, And so what's called um, for your subtypes for your subtype there's a sequence. So you have all three instincts, but it, there's like a dominating force, there's a normal or secondary force, and then there's a repressed force, basically. So my sequence is sexual, social, self-preservation. And so all of this is highlighting how much I have been self-preservation repressed. And I've only realized this in the last few months. 
as I've started to unlock that I'm an Enneagram one and I've started to do kind of uh, relaxation work because I've been, I just haven't realized how much tension I hold in my body. And so all of this feels like both a moment of, of, of kind of dealing with how much I've held a lot of energy in my body, how I've held a lot of my own flight or flight responses in my body that I haven't trusted my body, that I haven't been um, taking care of it, and I haven't been, um, uh, that I've just been ignoring it in favor of pushing through and doing the work and going out into the wild and just focusing on, you know, putting attack energy in forward, right? So that's another way to think about the instincts is like, uh, you know, sexual or one-to-one is sort of like a forward go-get energy. You kind of think about like mating rituals in the wild. It's like, it's, it's fighting for your mate or, or going after someone. It's like an aggressive kind of stance. Social is a little bit more integrated. You're like playing the social game, uh, you know, and based on your, your Enneagrams type, that's going to morph how that looks. But essentially it's like kind of fitting into a, um, you're, you're, you're sort of, it's almost like a freeze response. It's just like, you're, you're, you're sort of trying to fit in, in a sense, that's the social fit in or stand out, um, kind of depending on, on what your type is. And then the self-preservation is totally self-focused and, you know, making sure that I get my needs met a lot of self-preservation. People have reported that they will, you know, be thinking about their next meal and the meal after that and the meal after that, um, just to make sure that it happens because that's something that they focus on. It doesn't always have to be that, but sometimes it can be making sure that you have the right, uh, clothing for the weather. Um, you know, something that's the protective, you're, you're kind of in a more anxious state typically. And people who have, uh, are more self-preservation dominant tend to report having a lot of anxiety, um, the six on the Enneagram is fear-based and that type tends to have more fear in general and self-preservation sixes are like the embodiment of, of a trembling heart essentially. But if you are self-preservation, regardless of your type, you know, there's probably some degree of like fear happening pretty regularly, you know, kind of a, a flight response. And, um, you know, Molly is a self-preservation dominant and, um, there's, there's some timidness that comes out in her sometimes, uh, depending on the situation. And, um, so she's not necessarily health focused or health conscious, but she will basically make sure that there's food coming. (laughs) Like we got to make sure that there's something, uh, something happening that I'm taking care of. Right. So that pulls the energy towards her. And for me as a one-to-one dominant, as a sexual dominant, um, uh, in the Enneagram instincts, my attention goes towards her or goes towards, uh, my work or, or judging other people. It's like my energy goes outward and because I'm self-preservation repressed, I haven't really focused on myself. So hopefully all of that makes sense as to what I'm trying to say here. Um, but when it comes to our, we talk about our mental health a lot especially on this podcast, it's like, all I talk about is mental health and, um, you know, personality stuff and, and everything's very mental, but you know, we don't just have bodies. We are 
a body. We are humans. Like this is your body is just not what carries your head. And I'm trying to learn that for myself. I'm trying to listen to my body. I'm trying to pay attention to what its needs are and trying to find that balance between like, Hey, I do have to work in order to like pay the bills and stuff, but I can take a 15 minute break if I've been standing for too long, or if I need to stretch my hips, or if I need to go for a walk in the hallway, you know, cause right now with what I'm dealing with, I can't even walk downstairs without tingling everywhere. And it's really hard. So I just got health insurance. Um, I need to get a gym membership. Um, I'm, I'm needing to, or wanting to rather not needing. Cause when I say needing, it starts to feel like a chore. So I'm wanting to, uh, eat better and lose some weight. Cause a lot of the last four years too, without exercising, uh, and I've, my diet has changed since I've moved from California, but I just haven't been taking care of myself and I'm up to about two thirty, and I'm five foot four. So five foot four, two thirty is a heavy dude. I'm I'm not supposed to be this at all. Um, so I would like to lose some weight, take some of the weight off of those muscles. And I'm also working on uh, my Achilles tendon and trying to massage that more and trying to strengthen my calves and stuff like that. So, I mean, in its essence, I suspect, and I'm not a physician or a doctor or anything like that. I've just been doing my own research because that's just what I do. Um, I suspect that basically, you know, those muscles have had to counteract, uh, have had to um, compensate for, you know, my, my lack of, of squats, <laughs> my, my butt's pretty flabby, not going to lie. I know it's not cute to talk about, but this is why I'm talking about it because I want to, I want to share this with you first of all, because, um, it's embarrassing for me to feel this way. It, I feel I'm embarrassed by this. I'm embarrassed by not taking care of myself and, um, kind of reaching this, this breaking point as it were. It's like, I'm dealing with internal narratives of like, I should have known better and I should have taken care of myself and, you know, a lot of shoulds. Um, but I'm also working on reframing those into just information. That's all it is. It's just going back through my timeline. Like I've explained earlier in the episode, um, going back through my timeline and, and expressing, you know, this is just what happened. This is how this led to this, led to this, this led to this because the body is a system, right? And, uh, you know, it's likely also that because my Achilles has, you know, because I'm, I'm encouraged to get off of my feet, I've sat more and that affected my back and that affected my ability to do other exercises and that affected my um, muscles in my pelvic region that were not my gluteus maximus and, um, you know, putting so much strain on that. So I'm trying to think of my body as a system and I'm trying to manage all of those things right now and um, trying to also calm my nervous system. Cause that's an interesting aspect of this too, is that uh, I, I just finished watching a video from a physical trainer, like a personal trainer for a physical therapist who said that this pedendal nerve is like the only nerve in the body that has a direct connection to the flight or fight response that it's reacting to what's happening. Right. So it makes sense because if you're, because that nerve is connected to um, 
all of the pelvic functions, right? Like sexual and defecation and urination and all of that stuff. It's all connected to that. And um, so that if you're, you know, there's, there's a, uh, I mean, I'm okay with all of those things, but what I'm trying to say is that in the wild, if you are running from something and you have a flight response, like those things need to kind of be in check. Right. So it's like those muscles tighten. So it's like, we right now's not the time to pee. <laughs> are you going to run? Or if it's like, you know, it's that idea of like, you get scared. I mean, you get scared shitless, right? Like that's the, that's the idea of like, you get so scared that your muscles loosen completely and everything just goes or the other way around, everything tightens and you have to hold it all as you're running. Right. So it makes sense that those nerves are tied to that fight or flight response. And, um, what's interesting is, is the mental and neurological connection because it's pedental neuralgia, right? So it's a neuro neural thing. It's a mental thing. So it's, it's why I'm also talking about this because, um, when I've looked it up and I guess I'll put pedental neuralgia in the, in the title, maybe it'll help some people who are dealing with that. Um, some of the videos I've been watching have helped me to see the connections to other parts of my body and seeing how this is really like a team effort of sorts. Um, getting a physician uh, with for pain management, if that's something you want or need. I'm not so much interested in pain management because um, my relationship to pain is like, I'm okay with that. Um, and then there's the physical therapist side to kind of help you manage symptoms and know what to do. And there's so much great material out there. I actually came across, there's the Bob and Brad, and they're a really fun YouTube channel that's been around for a long time. They're both sensors, I think, in the uh, Myers-Briggs system, and they're just like charming and really delightful, uh, but explain things very clearly and with a lot of experience. And um, so they, they were the ones that I watched this video that basically explained that every every exercise that you've learned either in the military or in school is like not good for your back. <laughs> like anything that you, you know, any kind of like... Um, with the back or like certain kinds of crunches, like doing a full crunch is not good for your back. Apparently, uh, you know, you gotta, there's other ways to do that. And they talk about bringing, it's basically like bringing your knees towards you instead of bringing your back towards your knees in most of those cases. So if you find that you're doing exercises that are bugging your back, like that's probably the difference maker is doing something that moves your knees towards you, like laying on your back and crunching your knees towards your stomach, not pulling your back up to your knees. Does that make sense? So, um, so that's really great that the, all of that stuff has been super helpful and, and changing the game for me in terms of my understanding of this stuff. So I, I'm basically just sharing my story because, um, well, the other side of it is also psychotherapy because it's very debilitating. It's very distracting. You know, I, I'd say if anything, it's very distracting. It's just like, because there's not always, there's not always pain. There's a couple other sensations. Sometimes it feels like there's like something moving around inside of your nerves and it's just kind of like a water dripping kind of feeling. It's really strange. And it just kind of feels like things are moving around a lot. Um, and it can be very distracting. You're just like, what? And especially if you're um, not educated in what's happening, 
you know, like when I first sat down and I got that pinch, I was like, what is this? And like my flight response, just like my fight response just started freaking out. Right. It's, it becomes this like cascade of responses where something happens and then you freak out and then it tightens and then you freak out and then it tightens more and then you freak out. Right. It becomes this cyclical thing because as I said, this nerve is tied to like the fight or flight response. So if you're feeling a pain and then you're feeling the fight or flight response, it's going to trigger the nerve, which is causing more pain, which is going to cause your to freak out some more. So like all of that's really interesting to think about. And um, it's interesting to think about that mental health connection to the body. Cause that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately as well is um, how in America in particular, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of body blaming. It's like some of the videos I looked up that weren't very helpful because some of the physicians in particular, like the healthcare system in America is very much pain tolerance focused. It's very much about managing pain, not necessarily about healing. And that distinction is very important for me in terms of finding the right people to work with because I want someone who's focused on healing and can help me heal not just manage pain because we have so many reactions to pain itself. Pain is just a signal, right? Pain is just your body saying, Hey, there's something here. What's going on? And like, you should go figure out what this is, or you should not do that thing you just did. It's just a signal, right? And often our anxiousness or freaking out or uh, the flight or fight response is usually in response to something that we just like, we don't know what it is, right? It's like, you get anxious because you think there's something in the bushes, but once something emerges from the bushes, you just start acting on it, right? You run or you freeze, right? You're, you're, you're not actually feeling anxious anymore. Now you know what it is and you're doing something, but the, the anxiety usually comes from not knowing. So for me as an INTP, it's helpful for me to do all of this research because now I feel like I have a sense of what's happening and I can actually feel like, okay, I, I'm, I actually started to feel like fainting sensations at first because I was just like, what is, I was panicking internally. I didn't really talk to Molly about this because I think I did tell her actually. Um, I, I was just trying to figure it out for myself and I was distracted by that for a few days and understanding, starting to understand what this is like helped calm me down in that I was starting to freak out to a point where I was starting to feel like kind of lightheaded and fainting a little bit because I was like, what is happening? Is this a cascade of failures? Is this like, is my neglect coming for me? (laughs) And in a sense it has, um, but it's, it's okay. It's not, it's not the end of anything, you know, nerves heal. And it's not actually anything that's like broken. If it broke, that would have been like a bursitis kind of thing. And, and I would have felt that, um, but this is just like a stretch kind of deal. It's a muscle thing. And uh, I know some of the stretches and stuff I need to do now that I can take care of myself and make that a priority. And that's the thing is like, now I'm needing to make this a priority because my body kind of forced it on me. And your body is trying to tell you things all the time. And it's important to honor it especially again in like an American society, we tend to think of the body as like a burden, right? Like it's, it's, Oh, I got to take care of my body. Oh, I got to eat this healthy stuff. Oh, I got to do this. Uh, 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 uh. And the body's like, yo, I carry you around every day. 
why are you being such a jerk to me? <laughs> right. So I'm trying to think of my body as like not something that I have. Cause like, that's really, if I, I don't know if you think about your own narratives, but a lot of us say that, you know, I have a body and, and to ourselves. And it's like, we are our body. We're not just a brain. We're not just a heart. We are all of it. You know, our, our gut intelligence and instincts are powerful and we have to keep those tuned just as much as we're keeping our mental health tuned and we're keeping our heart health and emotional health tuned. All of those things are important to manage. Sometimes it's a lot. It's very overwhelming. You know, I've been thinking about this and focusing on my self-preservation needs is not a strength of mine. So having to focus solely on myself feels very uncomfortable. I don't really like to do that. Um, in this way. So having to put all of this energy into my own physical health, to be conscious of needing to walk around, to be conscious of my body reactions and needs, but then also at the same time, trying to stay calm, trying to do some mindfulness stuff, because that's going to keep that nerve uh, still and not freaking out and not creating this cyclical response. So if you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, when it comes to physiological needs and security and safety needs, those are at the bottom of the pyramid. That's the foundational element of, of everything that we experience as human beings. On top of those are love and belonging and self-esteem, then transcendence. And it seems like a lot of us, and I could be just projecting here, but a lot of us focus on those top ones instead of focusing on the bottom ones, right? And I know I, ha I haven't focused on the bottom ones as much, um, but we try to focus on love and belonging. It's like, why don't I have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or, or why doesn't my family like me? Or why doesn't this, you know, we're kind of taking our mental health and jumping up to those places focusing on like, why, why do I hate myself so much? Like self-esteem related things or love and belonging related things. When really the foundational pillars of our mental health is physical health, you know, it's managing how your brain reacts to your body, managing your body's relationship to your brain and to your heart and understanding how external substances affect you, caffeine, stuff like that. Cause I hear this all the time. Like I hear from people who are like chronically anxious. They're just like on my third cup of coffee, but I'm super anxious all the time. It's like, maybe you have a physiological response that's making you feel anxious. Like, come on, <laughs> use some common sense. Right. So I'm, I'm only saying this to you because this is how I'm feeling about myself. There have some been some of those changes that I've made, but there's still more that I could afford to make. And, um, you know, it's not about, I'm trying not to judge myself. I'm trying not to be so harsh with myself. I'm trying to be, be gentle and loving and caring of myself in my full self, not just my mind, which is what I tend to focus on. Even though as an Enneagram one, Enneagram one is a body type. And apparently this is common for Enneagram ones to have bodily issues because of the desire to ignore the body's needs. So basically like what happens with Enneagram ones is that your body has a instinct. It has something that it needs or wants goes up to the brain and the brain says like, no, nah, man, we don't need that. We're fine. Um, or we don't want that. Right. It's usually about kind of like desires of the body, like, and not just sexually, but like 
foods or whatever, right? It's like tamping all of that down for the sake of some sort of self-discipline. Self-preservation ones do that the most. They're like, you know, mostly tight about that. Um, but for me as a sexual one with self-preservation repressed, you know, it's kind of flip-flopped um, where I kind of let myself go judging others um, when I myself am feeling very lardy, <laughs> you know? Um, so what's basically my action items and maybe you have your own version of that that you want to do for yourself. And I emphasize wants, not needs. Again, like need always feels like a chore. I'm trying not to make this a chore. Like I want to feel good. I want to heal. I want to feel like I can do more things. I want to feel like I can be, um, I want to feel like I've got 30 years or more in my life that I can live, that I'm not just going to fall apart right now, you know? So I'm, I'm focusing my energy on those things. Um, that includes, I just got health insurance. Uh, once I can get moving again, uh, a little bit more regularly, I'm going to get a gym membership. Um, my insurance activates in June 1st. So I'm going to do my, my, all that stuff. I'm going to talk on this podcast a little bit more about what I'm experiencing mental health wise, kind of doing my cognitive therapy with you and um, sharing some of that story as I go along and um, sharing some of that on social media and uh, continue to do stretches, eating a little bit better, um, you know, fruits and vegetables and all of that stuff. So I've got my action items. I've got things that I'm going to do to take care of myself and take care of my basic needs, safety and security and physiological needs uh, because everything else stands on top of that. So if you're having mental health challenges, think about your physical needs. Maybe there's something there that's not, and I'm not saying that's the answer, but it, it's supplemental and supportive. So I'm running out of time. Um, with all that said, uh, new website, dopeintp.com, if you're an INTP looking for support. And uh, I've been C-Note, so I appreciate you. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. See ya. Oh, and just a reminder that we have a Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash dopamine, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E, you can show some support there uh, financially to support the channel. And also, if you ask questions there, I'll be happy to answer them um, at a you know, with priority. And then I can give you a shout out here on the podcast. And also if you want to join our mighty networks, which is more of a private community, same as Patreon, but it's mighty networks is more for, um, uh, exclusive content and all of that stuff. It's, uh, dopamine, D O P E A M I N E dot M N dot C O. You can join our mighty networks there. And if you're an INTP, we've got courses available for you as an INTP to with, for, focused on mental health management as an INTP and uh, supporting your growth as an INTP at dopeintp.com. There's also an email list there and all of that fun stuff. So thanks for being a fan of the show. Uh, you don't have to do any of those things. You can just keep watching, keep subscribing, keep liking all of that fun stuff. And I'll catch you on the next episode. See ya. This has been a C-Note Media Production. Yeah.